Hello and thank you for taking the time to join me for this episode of the Word and Health podcast. In this edition, we're focusing on lung health, specifically COPD. Data from the Task Force for Lung Health shows that currently there are 1.2 million people living with diagnosed COPD across the UK and, says the outcome of a new study of 40,000 COPD patients, the majority of which don't understand their condition. Sarah McFadgen is Head of Policy at Asthma UK and the British Lung Foundation. When people are first diagnosed, what we hear very often is that people are not really told about their condition. It's not really explained to them. People might be sent away, have to research it themselves. Managing it well relies on people understanding the illness and knowing the steps that they need to take to stay well, to stop their symptoms getting worse and avoid becoming ill and having to go to hospital. So for those of us that are unclear, what is COPD or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease as it's otherwise known? COPD is a chronic condition that affects people's lungs. It's an illness that tends to affect people when they are in their 50s or their 60s. It's linked to smoking, but that's not the only cause of it. People will often find that they start to get out of breath, doing normal activities, maybe walking up the stairs or walking up hills. That can be the first sign of it. There isn't a cure, but there's medication that can help with it, rehab, exercise programs. There's a whole range of things that people can do to keep the symptoms at bay and keep themselves healthy for as long as possible. How can the healthcare system better support people affected by COPD? We're calling for everybody to be given the information and the support they need when first diagnosed so that they can manage their condition. Also, really importantly, we know that there are around a million people living with COPD who haven't been diagnosed. So we also need to really focus on getting those diagnostics right. With efforts and resources understandably laser-focused on COVID-19 right now, how realistic is it, do you think, that that call will be met in the very near future? Well, I think COVID-19 has really brought home how important lung health is. This is a respiratory infection which is changing our world. So I think it's really proven that we need to take lung health seriously. It's really important that everybody is supported to keep their lungs as healthy as possible. When I approached the NHS for comment, I was reminded that diagnostic hubs for COPD are part of the NHS long-term plan and their implementation has been accelerated. Clearly, in the meantime, it's down to us to ensure we're more aware of COPD. To get a primary care perspective, I spoke with Dr. Anita Nathan, a London-based GP. I started by asking her what you should do if you're concerned that you may have COPD. If you are concerned, you should contact your GP who can organise and test. Now, these are likely to involve a breathing test using a machine, looking at your lung capacity, and maybe organise a blood test a chest x-ray or a heart rate to rule out other conditions. Now, this could be COPD or another lung condition such as asthma, as the two may also overlap. But it is really important to get diagnosed properly early enough before your lungs get more badly damaged. And what about those of us living with diagnosed COPD? When should we be interacting with GP? If you have been diagnosed, it's really important to have regular checkups which are usually at the GP surgery. These appointments might be online by video or by telephone. These appointments are likely to cover an assessment of how severe the condition is, asking you about your breathlessness, number of flare-ups, 
if you've had any, or exacerbations, as they're sometimes called, any leading to hospital admissions in the past. There's likely to be a discussion about your medication and inhalers and whether these need stepping up. And I don't want to forget to mention a self-management plan that will help you. Now, this is something that can be created with your GP or nurse at the surgery. And this plan will include when to get medical assistance, how to use your medication and how to keep active and healthy. Really also important is to um, get registered online for your regular prescriptions to avoid running out of inhalers and if you're isolating. And this can be done via the GP surgery or local pharmacist can help you. It is also important to try and reduce your smoking or stop at any stage of your condition. This is going to benefit your lungs. If you're not sure how to go about it, do ask your GP surgery about nicotine replacement therapy or your nurse or respiratory specialist if you have one. Exercise is really important. It can benefit your condition because it helps strengthen the breathing muscles and has added medical benefits, for example, over mental health and for your quality of life overall. Your GP practice or practice nurse or respiratory specialist can advise on simple exercises how to stay active, and if necessary, refer you to a physiotherapist. Diet is really important for patients with COPD. Your GP or practice nurse can help you work out what is a healthy weight and can give you advice on nourishing food or even refer you to a dietitian or a local scheme as required for your needs. To understand the importance of our nutritional intake when living with COPD, I spoke with consultant dietitian Dr Anne Holdaway. Good nutrition can keep the lungs strong, it can prevent infections, it can prevent hospital admissions and it can reduce the need for antibiotics. So it's important for our patients to really get the right messages about the diet that's right for them. Dr Holdaway, what about weight? Does being overweight or underweight make a difference? Well, we know with weight it does make a difference and like the rest of the population, people with COPD come in all shapes and sizes. Now, there is research showing that being overweight up to a point can actually be protective to somebody with COPD. And the reasons for that aren't necessarily clear at the moment, but it may be that a person who is overweight has more muscle than, say, somebody who's underweight. And this muscle is important for maintaining the strength of the lungs, but it's also important for our immune system. And we need a good immune system to make sure that if we get an infection, that it doesn't take a hold and result in, say, a hospital admission. But being very overweight, and being very overweight means a body mass index, say, over 30, 32 and above, then that extra weight is no longer protective and it starts to become a hindrance for somebody who's got COPD. And that's because the excess fat around the lungs really place that extra workload on the lungs and can make it more difficult to breathe efficiently. But at the other end of the spectrum, we've got people who are underweight with COPD and there may be people in the middle who are losing weight quickly and unintentionally and that can be detrimental as well. So it's important if you're overweight to maybe seek advice about safely losing weight and if you're underweight you need to take action to make sure that your dietary intake improves to maybe get some weight back on and for both of those groups it's important that they eat enough protein to keep hold of that muscle that we know is protective. What are the common dietary issues experienced by patients with COPD? 
Well, I think diet sometimes from these patients can be very challenging, particularly if they have an exacerbation and they're trying to manage that at home on their own. And common issues we see amongst our patients is things like breathlessness and dry mouth. The dry mouth is often associated with the oxygen therapy and support that they might be on at home. And we also know that with an exacerbation, with an infection, that brings with it a reduction in appetite. So all of those issues can really interfere with a patient's ability to eat and drink normally, but also their ability to enjoy food. But the good thing is that there is much advice out there to how to help patients to deal with these issues. Just to take breathlessness as an example, you can maybe make your meals a little bit smaller, make them soft and moist and easy to chew so that you can get through that meal a little bit more easily. If you've got a dry mouth, again, sipping fluids and taking soft, moist foods with sauces can help. And if you've got a poor appetite, then it's focusing on making each mouthful count. So it's really making food as nutritious as possible. And just to give your audience some ideas around that, it might be sort of moving away from sort of low-fat, low-sugar foods to what we call normal-fat, normal-sugar foods. So choosing the yogurt that has a few more calories in rather than the low-fat, low-sugar one or actually thinking about having that extra cheese grated on top of your pasta dish or on top of, say, mashed potatoes. So there's many ideas, really, that can help people deal with the dietary issues to make eating and drinking more pleasurable once again, but also protect their nutritional status. How can we help ourselves if we're worried about weight loss or diet? I think the starting point is to think about, are you eating a balance of foods and is your weight normal? And if your weight is stable and you've got a good appetite and you're feeling relatively well, then like the rest of the population, we encourage sort of health eating guidelines and there is a resource on eating healthy for healthy lungs. But I think if you then started to find that you're losing weight, and, and this is sometimes common in an exacerbation or following a hospital admission, if you're losing weight that's unplanned, so it's unintentional, then it's important to keep an eye on your weight and perhaps measure it on a weekly basis. And if that's going down each week, then you certainly need to take action. There are also some self-screening tools which you can use to monitor your weight and, and weight loss. There's calculators online that you can use. But I think if you're concerned about any unintentional weight loss or you're worried about the balance of your diet and you're really struggling with meal times, or just the ability to get out and shop and make the meals because you're really lacking in energy, then I think that's the time to seek advice from your healthcare team. And it's important to note that if a doctor or a nurse is concerned about your nutrition, hopefully they would refer you on to a registered dietitian who would be skilled in assessing one's diet and, and giving tailored individual advice. To access the free resources highlighted in this podcast on COPD, please log on to our website, www.wordandhealth.com. That's www.wordandhealth.com. All that remains is to thank my guests for their contribution to this podcast and to thank you for listening. I look forward to being back with you again soon. Bye for now.